What's up, boys and girls, pals and gals? Jason Payne, your host of the Sexy Business Status Podcast. Sexy boy podcast, bro. Sexy boy status. Sexy boy. Sexy boy. <laughs> um, here with one of my good buddies, Ryan Ingram, who is a DJ. He's a dancer. He's a singer. He's a songwriter. He's you name it. You know anything in the music industry or DJ industry? He is. I cannot sing. The ma- you I can't sing? No, no. You can dance though. I do the rap covers. In but you, but you can dance. I've seen you dance. I can dance. You dance with my hats on. I saw you. I like you it. dance. I like to dance. There you go. I so it. I wanted to bring Ryan on one because uh, to show you an example of a, a dude that is a giver and someone that I I want to be attached to for the rest of my life um, in a good way because the dude is always trying to give back and wants to better himself and better his family and better everyone around him. And I think that needs to go in that order, by the way. Dude, you're gonna probably make me cry before we. It's already dusty in here, bro. Dude, Thank don't, you. dude, don't cry, dog. Hey, <laughs> dude, hey, I, I get it, man. It's, it's part of, it's part of the game because you, uh, you were one of the few people that reached out to me after Minuscon. You're like, dude, like that, like that shook me, like that changed my life. Yeah. That's why I did it. I'm still on fire from it. I'm still on fire from it. Dude, I'm that, still doing it. I mean, it's like that. I remember when uh, Brad Lee was on stage. And he's like, the sad part is, only a few of you are gonna do it. Look at all these people out here, but only a small percentage. You're Seven hundred and one percent. And it's the boy running your slides. Like yeah. you don't even know. It's the guy right, right behind you running your running your slides. Yeah, with, right the heads, with the heads, with <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it comes down to, man. So because that event costs like seven hundred thousand dollars to put on, we only raised six hundred twenty. I had to come out of pocket personally forty thousand dollars just to make it happen. Priceless. Right, but the the experience and the, like I said, some people need to be just shaken, right? It yeah. needs to be like a, a come. To, they call they call it come to Jesus on purpose because right. if you went, if you came to Jesus yeah. and you met Jesus or you saw Jesus, you'd be like, oh crap, yeah. right? Like that's what some people need. Oh my God, Jesus here. Yeah, as a dad, yeah. as a husband, right? As a as a parent, you know, as someone in the, in the community, as a business owner or an employee. Um, most of those listening are small business owners, right? Like you yeah. mean. So, guys, uh, have a, I know I talked about your story, how you said, like, the most important thing, you have a six-year-old boy, right, shooting the, shooting the basketball hoop. He says the most important part to him right now is making that basketball hoop. Yeah. We're playing in that game. Yeah, he doesn't care about work. He doesn't care about how much money you're making. He doesn't care about the crowd cheering. He doesn't care about the car. He only yeah. cares, can I get this to go in there? Can I do this? Yeah. Can I make this happen by myself? No help, Dad, watch. Yeah. That's it. No, that's his stress. And one of the biggest, yeah, one of the biggest things, like that's, yeah, that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. So, What's important? The craziest part about this is the past twelve months, I've, I've really had, I've learned a lot of hard, hard, hard lessons. But one of my favorite words that I've learned is being intentional. Yeah. So being intentional where you are, this goes for anything. So in my, in my roofing company, I don't just teach about roofing. We talk about personal, professional, and financial goals. Because I want you to be a better person. I want you to be a better spouse, better parent, uh, better, you know, person in the community. And not just, you know, come and, and clock in, clock out, and let's you know, make a ton of money in roofing. Right. It's so much more than that. Definitely. And being intentional goes in all those categories. Yeah. Just like you said, like, if you're playing basketball with your kid, get off your freaking phone, yeah. put on Do Not Disturb, put it on, go charge it, do whatever, get away from it, even if it's 10 minutes at a time. Right? 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. 
but be intentional because like right now if my family try to get a hold of me like they can't because i'm on this podcast why because i'm being very intentional about respecting the camera respecting you and having an, an amazing conversation where we can connect with our audience dude anyone's life can change in a moment in one moment you could say something do something give someone that spark to where they're like okay not anymore not anymore sure i'm not i'm sick of it i've been settling now i'm not and that can happen in an instant. That's why the private events, to me, it's such a it's such a a big deal because look at all those people in that room. They came there to change their life, and we get the honor to be the guys to help them do that and to create a space where they feel supported and empowered. And because it's scary, so it's it's not about I don't I don't know. There's like. It is like that time and that moment and what you're doing on that. That's how we unschool our kids. There's yeah. no curriculum. It's right. what life brings us today. And it's, right. a, it's a focus. Right. It's a focused thing. Well, and that's and that's what it comes down to. So I uh, I had my wife on, you know, Heidi, obviously. Yeah. Um, she was on, I don't know, probably a month ago or so. And we were talking about it. And I told her we wrote a book called How the Bathtub Saved My Marriage. And have you heard this before? No. Oh, it's, oh so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it again real quick. So basically what it comes down to is, is that over the past 12 months have been the hardest and most frustrating but also the most rewarding because i made significant moves with my with my wife in a good way five kids we just had our 10-year anniversary like two weeks ago thank you five 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 kids 10 years wow bam bam she's she's a gangster she's crazy that's uh, wow well that five kids requires a ton of communication a ton of understanding a ton of openness right vulnerable patience yeah all those things um all while you're still trying to crush your dreams and build your business and make an impact, you still want to make sure you have an impact on those little guys, Definitely. right? And I remember even my kiddo, um, apart from Heidi, my kiddo, with my two-year-old, no, he's now four, he literally, I'd be on my phone, he'd try and get my attention, and the, the game in life is getting someone's attention. Like, you got my attention to be like, yeah, let's do a podcast. I'm like, dude, well, first of all, we'll go back. Okay. Yeah, go back. I said I want to throw an event, and you said, "Dude, I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to charge you." And I'm like, "Bro, you got to make money." He's like, "I'll take care of the money part. You taking care of me and giving back to me. I want to get back to you and throw this event because we, you know, yeah. got screwed for got heavy six figures, and so we're trying to, uh, you know, get back on our feet." And so that that got my attention. So I said, "Anything, anything, writing or whatever needs like that, dude. Anything he needs, I'm in." Yeah. Whatever it is. He needs a phone number, he needs contact, he needs a hookup, he needs a venue, he needs a whatever, and I can help contribute to that, big or small, like I'm in. My favorite part of that conversation was, Okay, bro, what do you want from me? And I was like, I want you to let me help you. Yeah. That's it. Right? And so now it's like, okay, wherever wherever we go, we grow we're going. Right. Bro, I, I right, and I'm not doing it for that, but that that's a result of, of, of being like that. Well, and that's that's one of our core values is give first without expecting anything in return. Definitely. And so when you do that, like you like you know what's gonna come out of that? Maybe nothing. But that's not why you do it, bro. That so it goes way deeper than that. And you didn't know this, and I didn't tell you any of this stuff. Oh boy. In, in the, while it was happening. Okay. So, you know, uh, Brandy's gonna take the kids all day. It wasn't a big deal. It's a Friday. She doesn't have work. I can do it. We got all you know. I've got all the equipment and the resources. We can make it happen. Okay. So then I call my buddy G Man. Who is Gus. wizard at all of that stuff on the video sure. and editing? Yeah, shout out to G Man. And he's like, No, man. And I was like, Dude, don't worry, I'll pay you. And he's like, No, dude, you're my boy. If you're not getting paid, I'm gonna get paid. Right? So That's then awesome. he comes over. So then I called Divinity. 
And I'm like, hey, in order to really make this go, we need to borrow some stuff. I tell them the story. She's like, here, you have G-Man pick it up on the way. They didn't charge us, right? So we're getting, everybody's just throwing in. And so awesome. Wednesday, my wife's uncle took his own life. Wednesday before the event? Wednesday before oh, the event. Gosh. So now my right. wife has to, on Thursday, fly to Missouri to be with her family. So I got no one to watch the kids on By Friday. Yourself. Right, yeah, yeah. right. But I do. So then two different families, because I had to drop the kids off at 630 in the morning. Sure, so yeah. One family took them till noon. Another family came and picked them up till whatever. And then I came back with tears in my eyes after that event on what a good thing we did today. And then I'm just looking around at like, look at how many people helped me help you. Right. With not asking anything in return. And everyone was happy to do it. Dude, Carlos Reyes? Did you hear Carlos? Yeah. Did you hear about the VIP lunch? Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, dude. dude. Totally. Yeah. He didn't ask for anything. Right. He's like, who can I help? How can I help? And I'm like, dude, we're throwing an event. I'm not even trying, like, I'm going to give a pitch, cool, if it works, cool, not this, not what this event was. This event was to get back on our feet, and it's a comeback event. That's yeah. literally what it was. Definitely. And um, it's crazy that you say that. So I, I appreciate that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I, I was saving it. For this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I didn't want to Press bring, record and I listen to this. I didn't want to bring any of that energy into your event, because now sure. you're running and feeling like, oh, man, that's so Yeah. I don't need to process that. Yeah, yeah. I've got all this other stuff. Sure, sure. No, the time and place for everything, right? Yeah. So go back to my wife and about communication. Like I said, married 10 years, five kids, kind of all kinds of crazy business stuff going on in the past 12 months. And I said, I, I need to do a better job of communicating. Whether it's telling the, 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 the white lies, like telling the full truth or being proactive on communicating. Not like, hey, it's 5.30. I'm supposed to be home at 5 o'clock. I tell her at 5.30, he'll be home at 6. Yeah. It's like, bro, no, no, no. You start the conversation at like 3 or 4 or 5, not when you're supposed to already be home. Here's an example, right? I'm We've all been there. I'm, We've all been there. I'm, I'm Mr. In the Moment, too. So, sometimes, oh, yeah. like, what time is it? Yeah, yeah, like, no, it's like three hours. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. And you got to pick up kids and sports and all kinds of stuff. And what the, the whole bathtub thing is people don't want to have these hard conversations with their spouse or with their business partner or with their employees. And obviously, you only want to do this in the bathtub with your spouse. But... The principle is still the same of having those hard conversations, yeah. especially with your spouse, because if, if they're on the same page as you, life gets way easier. Definitely. It just does. And coming into that, it, I said, don't, don't ever have a, a fight in the bed. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if me, I go 100 miles an hour. So when I go home, I, like I'm the energizer bunny, and like I'm on E, if I get my, my bed's very comfortable mm-hmm. and warm and toasty and cuddly and, and like I'm out. Welcoming. Yeah, welcoming, and I sit down, and my bed's like, see you in six hours, right? Like, get up, you know. Welcome here, buddy. Yes, and I'm out. And no matter how intimate the conversation is, like, I, my body, like, I go there, and my mental shift goes to, instead of being focused and being intentional about the conversation, I literally am falling asleep. Automatic recharge. So I was like, don't do it in the bed. This works for me. I don't know what the hell works for you guys. I'm just saying. Some be like, oh, I never knew that. I never tried this. Try yeah. that. So, number two, never do it at the dinner table. Mm. Now, I, I can get very excited. I have a lot of energy, as you do. And sometimes I'll, like, pound the table. Sometimes out of frustration. Oh, yeah. But most of the time I just get excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can. And you do that. What are you doing? You're distracting. You're, you're not being intentional about the conversation. You're now distracting the conversation, but with your noises and your sounds and your whatever. And you feel, I feel like a student. Like, sit down, and I'm going to teach you. And you're going to, like, you're almost, like, in third grade, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, don't do it, uh, don't do it there either. 
So uh, one of them that we haven't done a lot but has worked is doing it on the couch. So you sit on the other side, just talk it, talk it out, hash it out, and going in there with a, a vulnerable, humble approach instead of like, you did this, 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 this wrong. It's like, dude, like, shut up and own your shit. Yeah. Right? And the most, the, the, the climax of all this is the bathtub. So you fill out a bathtub, one, you have two kids, I have five kids. You have to make sure they're asleep, right? Because they come in, it ruins everything. And think of, oh, cool, bathtub, like you're both naked. Yeah, like, <clears throat> wrong answer. That is like the 1% of those conversations where it ends in getting frisky. But it's kind of funny, like, wait, what? But the vulnerability for both of you, mm-hmm. right? Especially when they're mad at you or there's like contention. Yeah. The last thing they want to do is have sex with you or like be naked in front of you. Right. It's just part of science, part of, you know, yeah. our body. Frequency. Yes. What's, you're setting a tone with that space. Yeah. It's like coming to a meditation circle. Yeah. You're coming, to the, you're coming to the mat. It's different. Yes. You set up a frequency here so you guys can like be calm and actually be heard. Yeah, because the, the, the distractions, and I say distractions on purpose because with this approach of, of having this conversation, your kids are a distraction from the conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. So you got to make sure they're asleep, yeah. right? Or, or at the park or at the pool or, or with friends or whatever. But just you, you and your spouse one-on-one, number one. Number two is your phone. Your phone doesn't even go anywhere around the bathtub. It stays on the charger in the other room, on the bed, whatever. But yeah. it, it's not there. So work. There ain't no work. Why? Because you literally have nothing to have work touch you or access you in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, and then the third part, like I said, is that, is that connection instead of, you know, bundled up and like pissed off, folded arms, like, Ur, type deal. You both get in the bathtub, like, the, there, there's a, the vulnerability. It, it, what you're doing is you're breaking down. I just watched the new Mario movie with my kids last night. Oh, yeah. Give it oh, up, by the way. Super good. Super good. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers, whatever it is. It's actually a really good, clean film. Um, but it, like, um, breaking down those walls and those barriers, doing that creates that environment, not in a sexual way, but in a in a connection type way. And dude, I've had dozens of conversations with my wife with those. Some of them suck. Some of them end up in me getting out or her getting out. Yeah. Uh, still frustrated, but right. like, but you have to have those hard conversations. Right. You just do. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I just like to take it to sports. Sure. If you're not losing or failing, you're not really learning. Right. That contraction, that part where it hits you and you feel the, that's where you're, that your, should be your indication that, oh, I'm triggered right now. This is 100% about me. Right. And, and the other thing that I think a lot of guys struggle with is, and, and even women too, uh, we don't communicate the same way. Right. Like with, if, if, not at all. If my wife has a problem, I want to, Hear what it is, so I can troubleshoot it, and we can fix it, and move on. We're fixers. I just want to fix it. Yeah. She doesn't want me to fix it. She just wants to be hurt. Oh, you've had these conversations. She just wants to be hurt. <laughs> yeah. And like, so, don't fix it. Don't text anybody or call anybody or go, wanna, like, tangibly yeah. touch it. So this is for all of you. Some of you might have. So there's a book <laughs> called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. So good. So, that, so that's it. You use active listening to mirror and summarize so then they feel hurt. Yeah. Then you use a calibrated question based on all of that to then again make them feel hurt. And I'll give you a perfect example. So a while ago, a couple years ago, my wife's previous business partners, they were having like a disconnect. You sure. know? And I knew the answer was, I think you guys just need to have like an open conversation and see what works best for both of you. Hash it out. You guys, you know, you're kind of, I can't answer any of those questions. Like, sure. That's for her. You know, all right. I don't say any of that. 
so she's talking she, she says a line and so I she the last few words I remember were like you know I'm totally frustrated so I'm like so you're frustrated and she's like yes and then she says another thing and then it's like and I feel like it's unfair and I'm like so you're frustrated and it's unfair and she's like yes and I said so how can you guys you know work this out so it works for both of you and she goes we just need to have a conversation and but if I would have jumped in and said that right away then we would have been in an argument because I'm not listening. She doesn't want me to fix it. Right. And it's so hard. Cause well, because we, we're like, dude, get the screwdriver, right? Yeah. Get the get the car, get the whatever, yeah. right? Get the get the credit card and fix it. Yeah. What next? Yeah, I'm like, I was like, bro, I can fix that in two seconds. I'm like, let me call your dad or your yeah or whatever, right? Or or business partner, like, give me the phone or give yeah. me this or I'm gonna go to their house. And in reality, it's that's a cool part. You, that's how you know if you are listening is when you, when you can say back what their frustration is yeah. and you say okay cool how can i would you there's one of two ways the girl way or the guy way mm-hmm. and sometimes they want the guy way sometimes like i want you to go do x yeah. and y and z but if you don't ask that question i want you to fix it yes i want you to right yes it's, it's different i need you to fix it now yes because i can't yeah or no i'm just venting yeah right i'm just like really like I need to feel hurt. Yeah, I'm stressed out, long day, whatever, and I just need to talk to somebody that's older than eight. Right. <laughs> that's my wife's like, can you just talk to somebody that's older than eight? That's why she goes to work a lot. So she's yeah. worked almost 20 years at in and out Oh. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That, like, next yeah. month, this month is her 20-year work anniversary. Oh, wow. And that's, she literally still goes in there two or three times a week just because she wants to interact with people that are older than eight. Yeah. But, and release that, you know, that, that stress of being, being a mom. So, flipping... Uh, segueing into that, what would you recommend? You talked about the whole basketball thing with your kiddo, yeah. and you've been this for 25 years, really your entire life, but hard in the paint for 25 years. On what? The way I live my life? Yeah, the, your lifestyle right now. Sure. But off air, you said, can I say it? Yeah. You work nine, 10 days a week? Yeah. Or right? a month. Or a month, sorry. Eight, yeah. 10 days a week. Nine, nine, 10 days a week. That's Sometimes we call it. How many feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> right there. Um, no. Nine to 10 days a month, right? So it's Two days a week ish, two or three days. Yeah, sometimes, right. yeah, I mean, sometimes it's there's no days off, and sometimes there's yeah. weeks off. Yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of your events doing DJ stuff, it's evenings and weekends. It's seasonal. It's, and seasonal. Like yeah. October through May. Yeah, it's gangster. But then the summertime, you're like, we're out of here for three months. So far, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, I have two cousins that I used to do roofing with, and then they both bought an existing roofing company, moved to Chicago. And they're, it's funny, they're seasonal too. They work for like nine months out of the year. Yeah. Literally three months, they can't do anything. Shut down their house, lock up everything, turn off everything. And cruise, California, uh, Disneyland, San yeah. Diego, here, you name it. And they're just yeah. gone. Awesome. But then the other nine months, it's like, go time. Yeah. What would you, what advice would you give to somebody that's, uh, think of your average small business owner has less than 10 employees, um, does less than $3 million in revenue, and goes out of business in two years? Well, how do you how do you get to twenty five years and still be and then uh, what what one how hard did you have to work and then apart from how hard did you have to work when did you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel where you can actually live the life that you want to I don't know it's weird because you know a lot this, of this answer is different for everybody by the way yeah. so listen and and there's no there's no there's no right answer because I'm living the life that works best for me. Sure. That's the that's the best answer I guess I could give you. Is you have to tune out all the other noise and listen to yourself and listen to your heart. Everything you need is within you. And most people are disconnected because everyone's looking externally for it. 
but everything is inside you, right? I've had I've had this passion since I was a little kid. I was on stage at 10 years old, did the moonwalk, crowd went crazy, and then it was like, this is this is it. This is it. You know, and I gave up on it. I did. I did, bro. This is a crazy story. So I was, oh, 10, I was 10 years old, 1985. 1987. I was born in 87, dog. 1987. <laughs> uh, talent show, Village Vista Elementary School. So, shout out to Nate Dominguez. Nate Dominguez was in the audience when this happened. Oh, for real? Yes. And he was in kindergarten or first grade, I think. That's hilarious. So, I was in fourth grade. Okay. So, um... You are Central Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Dude, That's funny. 44th Street of Thunderbird I grew up on. That was the north side of town. Yeah, that, was, that was where all the desert was. Yeah. was in 87, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, anywho... So, boom, I do the talent show. And I don't know, I just love to break dance because, you know, that's what was it in the 80s, right? And we and I was doing it and I loved it. My mom, you know, she was a dancer and she helped me put my routine together. And I used to watch Michael Jackson in, in the VHS tapes. In VH, so we would record his performances on VHS tape. And then I would watch it in slow motion to see how I could do the moonwalk. And so 10 years Gangster. old. At 10 years old. 10 years old, I hit the moonwalk on stage, drop down to the James Brown split, and hit a backspin. The crowd loses their mind. And then I, that was it. And so, there was a girl, her name was Melaine Witt. She came and she went after me. And this girl, she she was on Star Search. She was in the dance studio. She was, you know, boom, boom, sing, sing. All that she, like, boom, had it all. I was just raw. She was seasoned at you know, yeah, 11 it. years old. She's like, hey, we were on Star Search. We trained at this studio over Search. here. Come practice with us. So at the time, I go Brian Friedman, who became uh, choreographer to Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, all of the late 90s, 2000s. He, Janet yeah. Jackson, you name it. He's worked with one of the biggest choreographers in the world right now, Brian yeah. Friedman. They yeah. were all at the studio back then. Melaine Witt. Natasha Finley, I could tell you all those kids' names that I went to go dance with. So, I also played sports. I was on the baseball team. We were on this, like, championship baseball team. We, it, we were on the Reds. Shout out to Carl Huff, best coach I ever had in my life. Right? Right? Sure, sure. So, I get to school one day. My whole baseball team, after I just done the talent show, I get there. They publicly humiliate me in front of everyone. What? Started making fun of the way I swing the bat. Started making fun of the way I comb my hair. Making fun of my Jimmy Z pants. Making fun of my band's shoes. Making fun of the way I dance like, you know what? As a guy dancer in the 80s, what are you? Yeah. Right? So, I quit. Your, your baseball team did that. My buddies. Collectively. You know all why, of them. though? I didn't know at the time. It's because all the girls were going crazy. All oh, the girls oh, envy. were going crazy. I saw that from a while away. Yeah. And the second you I said that. I did new kids on the block. They were like the hottest boy band at the time. So when I did their I stuff did on stage, I mean, you could hear the girl. Like, I had the tape. You could hear the girls going nuts. I didn't know at the time. I thought they really just thought all those things. And so and so I quit dancing. You quit? I quit. You hung it up. I stopped hanging. I stopped with those guys. And so you quit baseball too? No. I just did baseball because they still thought that was cool. And you know what else they thought was cool? The street dance stuff. If I did if I did that once a year, then I wasn't a, a you-know-what. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What? So, Doug, every year up through high school, I'm doing the talent show. Okay. Even, I'm not coming to baseball practice today, I'm doing the talent show type stuff, right? And then, when I'm like 19 years old, I get a mentor. I'm working for his DJ company. 
He introduces me to a personal development program. He says, hey, you're working for me. If you want to do this, I'll pay for half. I get into it 19 years old, 20 years old, and I realize, like, we're doing those things. You're seeing where those asteroids shaped who you are in your life, right? And I realized I gave up on what I love to do because I was afraid of what my friends thought of me when I was 11 years old. And I'm 19. So I came back. My, my aunt, my parents, everybody in my family had been funding my college fund. I was going to be the first person to be able to earn a college degree in our whole family. And I said, sorry guys, even my mentor paid for the course. It's like, wow, I got I to gotta do this. So I dropped out of college, it's crazy. all that stuff, picked up, moved to LA. My little homie, Jeff, he was uh, 15 years old at the time. He didn't even finish high school. Came out to LA. 15. No, when he was like 17. Like his, yeah. when it, what should have been his senior year, I think. Sure, or maybe sure. right after he didn't graduate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Summer, what, what would have been his Peace senior out. year? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Came out, moved to LA by 2003. So that was in 2000, 2003. We're driving down to San Diego. I'm watching him get battled in the Jabberwockies crew. Now he's part owner of the most legendary dance crew in history. Why? Because I honored that thing was inside of me and I didn't let anyone else. Tell me who I was supposed to be. I knew something different inside. But we are grow we were raised in this society where it's like achievement addiction. It's 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 stuff that kind of like robs your soul. How many people do you know that have like taken a life sucking job just so they can provide some certainty and security to their family? Millions. And it's robbing them, but that song that is that they've never is slowly dying within them. Right? So my right. biggest advice to anybody is honor that thing inside of you. And so if, if your life has been set up a certain way and things are... Would you call it like a gut instinct? Yeah. I mean, do you know how you get that thought in your head and you can't get it out? It keeps you up. You're not honoring it. That conversation keeps it keeps like knocking on you. What about this, buddy? Yeah, don't... Or, or don't do this. Yeah. Hey, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't, that prompting. don't do that. Everyone will think this. If that is... Go, if that's... If that's part of your internal dialogue, you got to have a different conversation with yourself. Yeah. A lot of it is... I've had a lot of those the past 12 months. Yeah. And uh, and even with my wife. And I went against my gut several times. I went against her gut. Sorry, she went against her gut, but with me. And uh, with, with certain things. And, dude, it... it I, I almost got divorced. Yeah. It was right. brutal. Like, it was... It was, it was, it's real shit. And, um, it, the communication wasn't there. The vulnerability wasn't there. The trust wasn't there. Like I was, I was choosing to be more loyal to other people I thought were my friends or partners or whatever. And my true ride or die has been there with me for freaking 10 years. And she's like, hello. Oh dude. She's, no, she's, she's the, she's the freaking, the finding Nemo chick, right? <laughs> Banging on the glass. Like, where you going, where? Dude, for a year. And Dang. she's like, dude, I've given it all. And she's like, you know, this happens or this happens. And sure enough, like, God came in and went, Hey, let me look over here. Yeah. Let me show you something. Well, he's like, well, I, I honestly was like, hey, you get, I'm going to give you one more chance, and then she is going to leave. Mm-hmm. That I felt, I heard I heard that right. Yeah, it was like. Like, you have one chance, you have a chance to make it right. You still got to fix all the bullshit that you effed up the past right. 12 months. But it's like, you have a chance to make it right with your wife, and to or or you can be divorced. Wow. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And sure enough, don't. That rabbit hole and you know freaking found the on the H bomb right so, yeah. um, but that that dude that's trusting your gut. I feel like so Sean Whalen 
Right. Was there? Were you there that day? You were there that day. No, I, I had to. I was in Denver doing a mitzvah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Um, so the the third day of our conference in January, Sean Whalen, one of my good friends, and uh, mentors, and just a freaking awesome, awesome guy. He spoke, and he talked about patterns. And he talked about, or sorry, not patterns. I apologize. Programming. Mm. And he mentioned patterns too, but programming. How, like, like you said, yeah. we we program ourselves, or outer influences program us, instead of like letting us decide what's best for us, what's best for our kids, what's best for our family, what's best for our health. Yeah. We just let all these other outer influences. We just open the door. Yeah. And I'm a very I used I used to be not anymore. I used to be a like hardcore people pleaser. Yeah. Like I hate if someone doesn't like me, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Like what the hell did I do to you? Like why are you mad at me? It's like I was nice to you. I you know I gave back. I served yeah. you. Blah blah blah. But like I said this one word or I didn't answer this one phone call or this one text message and now they don't like me. I'm like okay whatever. Yeah. But like I, I'm I I would jeopardize other relationships in order to make that right to to be the the fulfiller right to be that guy that everybody likes right and that was like one of my biggest things i'm like dude i was like i gotta stop doing that and so literally my wife is sitting here begging who i should be my number one and in myself i was letting other people program me how i should think how i should react with my wife how should i how should i talk to her interact with my wife how i should talk to her interact with my business partners how i should talk to her interact with um with our clients, we have 100 plus clients, um, and and uh, literally as petty as it sounds, back to the to the, the baseball analogy, right? Like, oh yeah, we don't talk to him; he's not cool. We don't talk to him; he's not making enough money. Yeah. We don't talk to him; he's a he's a loser. He's with those guys. He type deal. The girls. Yeah, I do that, dude. But I'm thir- this is like within the past 12 months. I'm 36, not 11. Right. Right. Well, how lucky was I to do that course at 19 years old? Right. I was like the youngest guy in the room. Everybody else was in the room was our age now. Sure. And they were looking at me like, bro, you got a gold mine right now. If I could have had this when I was 19 years old, I would have saved a lot. Yeah. A lot of heartache. But don't give me, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Sure. You know what I mean? I still have my deficiencies everywhere. Totally. You know? But what I do have is my purpose, my path. I know who I am, and I know I'm living the life I was put here to do. So let's let's run with that yeah. um, before, before I let you go. So that just doesn't happen though. No. That is that is a skill that is practiced and dare I say master over not days or weeks or months, but years. It's a what day, does that look like? I mean you? it's kind of like principles. It's really operating out of intention. It's being versus doing. Who am I being right now? Mm, being versus doing. Yeah, being versus doing. It's it goes back to operating out of intention. Am I being loving? Am I being supportive? Am I being inspirational? Those are all key components. That's what I look for in a mentor. Sure. So it's like, what qualities do you aspire to be like? And then you become those. And you put that into a daily practice. So another wild thing that totally like helped reframe my happiness because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. I'm not defined by my success or my bank account or anything like that. I'm focusing on impact. So my intention is adding value and creating impact everywhere we go. I don't focus on dollars. I don't focus. And then I'll give you another thing. So I have this intention I'm operating out of. I'm, I'm, I don't do any marketing. All the stuff that I need, like, that is deficient that in teach. business owners yeah. is my deficiency. That's funny. Right? But what works sure. is 
my intention behind it. So after that weekend, after whatever, I have this funny thing like, I wonder who's going to call me now. I get excited for the phone to ring. I don't think when's the phone going to ring. I think who's going to call me now. Yeah, not, not if it rings, but when. when it rings, and not when, but who. And what, that's, yes. a, that's like a third tier. That's good. Exactly. Like that. Who's going to call me now? So, Sunday night, or Monday night, at the end of the thing, I, and I was thinking that all weekend long, but now I'm checked out. We got home. We've been doing all this stuff, going hard. Mm-hmm. 7.30 at night. We're laying there, vegging out. Phone rings. Send it to voicemail. Then I get a text. Call me. She calls again. Send it to voicemail. My wife said, are you going to call that person back? I'm like, come on. So I do. I get out of my own way and I call them back. It's this lady. She works for the Elks Lodge. All they need is entertainment all summer long. At all their lodges. All, all they need. Uh, right? Yeah, but they, what they do is they're piecing it together from person to person. And so the events come together and it's good for a little while and then it fades. And then it, and it's like, no, we can satisfy you all summer long and make it different every week and yeah, change rotate it up. people through yep, yep, yep. It, you know what I mean give the, give then, the sizzle then she goes to my Instagram store and says man we're totally underutilizing you <laughs> yeah, don't, don't sell the steaks how about, this? The... how about this how about this yeah, don't sell the steaks sell the sizzle right so I didn't know that person was going to call I didn't have that intention before the event but because I lived my life and I got this also from BNI give abundantly and don't expect anything in return that there's a magic to that when you practice that in its fullest essence but not just once. No, because I feel like I feel like people I feel like people do that. Like, no, because they're not. They're not. Well, let me let not. me give you an example. So I have a family member that got divorced, and before they got divorced, they went to counseling three times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and that was her thing. Well, I went. To, I went. To, yeah, I've been to counseling. Yeah, I'm like, well, three times. I'm like, I I at one point in time I've gone three times in a week. Like, I was like, you haven't even, you know, pulled back the onion to figure out what's, you know, what the issue is in order to fix it and to heal and to move on. Yeah. But, like, people just, they don't do whatever it is. They don't do it enough to see the results. Yeah. Or take enough action to really get what they want out of X thing. It drives me nuts. It's like anything. Though. It's like dieting. It's like working out. It's yeah. Like, you know, it's a lifestyle change. It's a, you have to implement different behaviors. It's behavior right. patterns. And so we have these groups. How long have you been doing it this way? That's how deep that group is. Oh, you just started? It's like ruts from how the deep that group is? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. I, I picture our mind like a, a field of grass. I can't remember who said this, but it was in one of these seminars. Mm-hmm. So you've got this giant field of really tall grass. So you walk over it one time, the grass is going to lay down, and it's going to pop back up. And you keep walking over it over and over again pretty soon. There's not even any grass there. It's just dirt. Sure. That's like our thoughts. Like a corn maze. So if you have this thing, this thought process, this conversation that you're having with yourself that's not working because it's scarcity, it's fear, it's fight or flight, it's not rest or digest, it's not abundance, it's not being excited for what's in the future, it's looking back at what's always wrong. See, this is what I'm saying. All of these are part of my 25 years of making that my normal way of being so that when I do get frustrated or I do get those other states, those are the exceptions, not the other way around. Right. You know? Well, it's practice. It's, it's a daily committed effort, just yeah. like working out, just like having the proper diet, just like making sure I have the right minerals in my water. If I do it once, what's I going to do? I've, I've, I've got to add these minerals every day to my water. Well, and I think that's part of like being intentional, right? So like being intentional about about your diet, being intentional about your exercise and your health. Yeah. 
being intentional about your relationships, right? Another another one that I've I've worked on the past twelve months and I've really really seen a benefit of. I don't know who I got it from. It's probably Sean Whalen, but was put your phone down. Yeah. When you go to date night, oh, like yeah. I literally leave my phone in the middle console in my car. Yeah. That's a, and that's I take my watch off or I put turn on uh, airplane mode, um, and my or babysitter or my kids they have access to mom's phone. Mm-hmm. Mom can bring her phone. Why? Because it's mom and she always, well that and she doesn't like people so she only has <laughs> she only has so many contacts on her phone right she's a, she's not a people person Yours is an easy distraction but, it's well, out. well yeah. I I mean I have like over 7,000 contacts on my phone well and I remember dude you handed me your phone at the event and yes alerts bing, are going bing, off bing. as I'm trying to look at it during the event yeah yeah, that during, was, yeah during like the people know that I'm at like hey I'm hosting an event like maybe I shouldn't call them or text them and it still keeps coming and so, but like turning that on on do not disturb or airplane mode and like being intentional about date nights. So we're going on date night. Like, yeah. leave phone leave phones away. Focus on the task at hand, which is uh, task is not like a, a bad thing, but like you're going on a date with your wife. Connect with your wife. Put your freaking phone away and connect with your spouse. Yeah, you with your kids. Dude, well, that's that's what I did. I I was uh, some people teach their own. Uh, my old business partner actually used to make fun of me, and I still can tell him f off about this. Is five to eight? I'm very, very, very hold to get a heart. Yeah. Like you, I mean, you sent me four voicemails and some text messages. Yes. Heart. Yes. <laughs> I get heart. What I say? You said hold to get a heart. Hold to get a heart. Yeah, yeah, at least that's what I heard. Whatever. That, I have five kids. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I do that. I'm hard to. I've been hard to get a hold. Of. I know exactly I'm, what you meant. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you just, I didn't say it. That's all right. Yeah. I, I am dyslexic and I am hard to get a hold of. And so five to eight, that's that's my kiddo's time, right? My one time, because I, I followed my wife for years about this. Obviously working for another roofing company, starting my own, having to grind it out, you know, like the whole 10, 12, 18 hour days. Like that was my thing for three to five years. So that's how you started, stay for eight? Yeah. From coming from another roofing company? My uncles. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was there for uh, 10 years. Oh, wow. Yep. And then Damn. left, tried to buy in, said no. Long story short, yeah. left, went and did outside sales for a guy, and bootstrapped it for a year, and then started my own. And we'll, we'll complete four years in August. Awesome, dude. So, Congrats. thank you. Thank you. We're um, But what it comes down to is all the, all that time my wife was fighting to, like, hey, like, be with your kids, be with your kids, be with your kids, and almost, like, defending our kids. Mm-hmm. Just, like, spend quality time with them. Like, put your phone away. Like, you've worked all day. You've worked eight, ten, not like you worked yeah. three hours, like, you worked 8, 10, 12 hours today. You started at 6 o'clock. It's 5.30. Like, dude, put your phone away for 30 minutes or an hour with your kids. Yeah. And she's like, I need one-eighth of your day. And I was like, what do you mean one-eighth? She's like, I need three hours. 24 hours in a day, I need three. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's one one for me, two for the kids. Good for her. Isn't that gangster? Like, yes. And then, she, and then she held me to it. She, what happens is accountability is not a thing anymore in 2023. Mm-hmm. Nobody holds anybody accountable. Hey, do this or this is gonna happen, and nobody. Common sense, common courtesy. None yeah. of those are common. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard that. I think I heard that being like, yeah, common sense isn't so common, right? Yeah. Well, and like accountability, like nobody holds anybody accountable because they don't want to have those awkward conversations, yeah. or they don't want the consequence, both good or bad, from whatever action you took. And they're avoiding confrontation, and they're also avoiding looking. Yeah. They always do. And that's why passive aggressivism is yeah. like the thing totally. today, like crazy. And that's part that just drives me nuts. Is like. People don't hold other people accountable. She's like, dude, she's like, well, you and I are going to have problems if you don't make this a priority. And we did. We butted heads for a while. Yeah. I mean, hard, 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 hard for a while. And now it's, I've been practicing enough to where I come home, put my phone away. 
And I've heard from the Tommy Mellows of the world, the Jordan Ellis of the world, the guys that have ran big, big businesses doing, you know, nine, ten figures. They, um, or sorry, eight, nine figures. They talk about how if you can't turn your phone off for 30 minutes or an hour to do a podcast or to do a meeting or do whatever, you have to have your, like your phone blue to you or you go home and like it has to be attached to you. You don't own a business. The yeah. business owns you. Yeah, 100%. Right? It's just, but it's all mindset too. But it's the programming. It's, so think about it. How long are you kids going to be little? How long? All right, so. Five years, eight years. You know? Maybe. The end. Their subconscious is being programmed by the time they're eight years old. Yeah. So those, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a tightrope because the reason you're doing it is for them. But then you, there's a balancing act to where it's it's like passion or poison, right? If it, it, potion or poison, is it good for you? Too much, but then you go too far the other way, that was damage. Right, right, right. Uh, irreparable, right? That, that time you'll never get back, and so. It's funny that you say that because, so I, I got married super young, and I got divorced, and then married Heidi. And so I got married when I was like 21, maybe, yeah. 22. Wow. Got married super young, had a kiddo, got divorced. So it was like maybe a two-year gap or two-year thing. Um, and I had my kiddo, and I did not make him a priority because as I was working and building, not even my business, but You're uncle's business. And, and I was a kid myself. You're a kid yourself. Right. But I, like, I neglected my son for, uh, for years. And, like, having those connections, those one-on-one moments, I didn't take advantage of those. And now that he's 12, he'll be 13 next month. There's a lot of uh, fixing mm. that I'm doing. A lot of stuff that I should have done those first eight years where I wasn't present. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional. And how I should have been. And so now he's 13. It's like, oh, we're going to be best friends. He's like, not really. You can't just show up now, dude. Yeah, I can't just show up now. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit. And right. so that's a real thing. Oh, 100%. And I want to call bullshit on people like, you got to put your head down, you got to work 10, 12 hours, 18 hours. I agree with that. I do. Because it, it's all about, like, it's a slingshot effect, right? Like, you got to put in the time, you got to pull, pull it back. Because once you release that slingshot, then it's gangster, right? Right. But you got to pull in that back. That's where the tension, the friction is. And it's hard. Yeah. And it sucks. But once you let go, it's eight, eight, 10 hours a month, right? It's good yeah, shit. Well, it's, I mean, but you know what I mean? The yes. principle of it. it. It's a different thing. Right now, I'm getting ready to ride a roller coaster. I get hit up, book a wedding while we're in line, yeah. seal the deal, get on a roller coaster. Right. And I just, boom, send me the deposit. It's all great. You can do it all from your phone right now. Right. I'm collecting deposits while I'm on vacation. Yeah. It, it's And it wasn't like that. There was a time where I couldn't afford to, uh, my car died. I had this big old van, Astro van. Couldn't afford to fix it or get a new car. So I still kept my, I still could see it though. I still could see it. And so I strapped my boombox to my bike and rode to my classes. I was having to bum rides off my students, my older students who were taking <laughs> me to the studio. And so, you know? Sure. And then, boom, secured a contract, 60 schools. Nice. Now I got jobs for 15 people, 2004. Now, we're, now, boom, I got a forerunner. Now I'm writing checks to everybody. Now I'm buying everybody lunch. Now everybody's working for me. Now they're all, now they have, they, they, you know what I mean? Sure. But it, I had to trench it. And so another thing, and my brother and I were talking about this, and Carlos was uh, pointing to this. What, anything is possible 
as much as you believe it's possible. What does that mean? If you have any doubt or if you have any uncertainty, if you're leaving your hand on the back door looking for an escape route, that will be there. But if you know 100% that I know I'm going to face adversity, I know I'm going to hit obstacles, I know I'm going to trip and fall, I know my nose is going to get bloody, I know my knees are going to get scratched, I know one of my partners might screw us all over, but none of that matters because the prize is worth way more than any of that. Yeah. So yeah. there's a different mindset on that. That though, and, and there's nothing special about those guys except their level of belief. And they let go of the handle. Exactly. Dude, I, dude, so I worked for my uncle, uh, call it job security. I'd be like, oh, I worked for a guy who was, my job security was so secure. I'm like, yeah, until you get a phone call. That's how, that's how secure it was, by the way. So I feel like, oh, yeah, I work for this guy. I work for this big company and their security. And I'm like, there's no security. I was like, they let people off. You get a phone call. Like, you were literally unemployed the next day. Like, that's 10 times scarier, in my opinion. 100%. Um, well, yeah, that's how we're wired, though. 100% that's how we're wired. People are worker bees, and that's right. how they feel, that, you know, and, and yeah. it's cool. Then you provide a space for them. So I worked for my uncle for a decade, left, and I was more terrified to leave that 10-year of growth, of building, of whatever, to go sell and be a straight commission sales rep, mm-hmm. outside sales rep for this other roofing company. I was terrified. Yeah. I mean, like. Like scared, like scared. I don't get scared very often. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if they don't? What if what if these clients they they call my uncle's company? They don't call me again. I was like, they like go knock on doors and like just beg for work. I'm like, oh my gosh. I left. I had like a 96 percent retention. <laughs> Talk about giving, right? And and, and connecting with people, relationships, right? Because uh, you and I were both in BNI. That's how we met. Yeah. Neither of us are in BNI anymore. No. Right. And but we're still buddies. <laughs> Well, and you've done several events for me. And that's what I'm grateful for. All those connections. Christmases, yeah. Christmas parties, end of year parties, right? Whatever. Like, so that being said, I so I leave and I go and I did like 1.8 million in sales, which is pretty dang good, especially for a company I've never worked for before and I've never been straight commission before. I had, right, not bad. But but from there, I had already taken the, I'd already let go of the door handle, like you said. I'd already, that belief was already there. Like, I can't, and I even told him, I told my the other, um, the, my boss that I worked for, still owns a local roofing company. We go golfing, like, once a quarter. Um, I told him, I said, I'm going to start my own roofing company. I don't know when, but it, it might be a year, it might be in five years. He's like, cool, not a problem. He's like, you bring in all your clients, you bring in everybody. He made, he, he printed money off of me because his marketing, his ad spend was literally freaking zero. Other than getting me a truck. I was like, I don't have a truck because I've had a company truck for a decade. I was like, I don't have a truck. Other than getting me a truck, like, his ad spend and marketing was zero because it was all my connections and relationships, yeah. right? And so for, so I did it for a year and about 13 months. And on August 1st of 2018, I, within 30 days of that, my wife had a baby. I bought a house. We can't buy a house and sort of business. So I bought my house first. We recorded. Once we recorded, I already had my truck set up at the dealership. So before the recording hit my credit to say, hey, you just bought a house, your, your debt to income is garbage. Mm-hmm. And before I told them, I still hadn't quote unquote quit yet. I'd put in my two weeks, but I was still employed by them. So by according to the banks and all the, you know, even though I had like way better off than the guy that's been working somewhere for 10 years, making 60 grand a year. 
Right. I was like, dude, I was like, I ready to rock and roll. I'm still massive high risk. Right. Mm-hmm. Starting my own business and buying a house and buying a truck. Like nobody would, uh, no, no. And hell no. Right. Yeah. So I bought a house, got approved because I was working for somebody else. My wife just had a baby like 30 days ago prior. Dang. And I bought a truck the same day or the next day because it takes like a week or so for it to, the house or a big purchase like that to hit your credit. So I went to the dealership the night that I bought my house because I hadn't hit it. So I still could get approved based off of my income that I was working at the job when I was literally starting my own business the next day. Mm-hmm. True story. And so literally uh, the next day, like we close on our house, we move. I, so I have a house. I now have a house payment. I have a $50,000 truck with a truck payment and I own a business and I have three kids. And it was me, my wife, Dory, you know Dory, yeah. and uh, Jose or uh, Jesus and Angelica, a little two man, two man crew. And wow. I'd already, I'd already bought a dump trailer, but look, that's like talk about like like letting go, like yeah, and go get it. Like some people, some people aren't wired for that. Right. So I don't shun them. I wish they did. Yeah, but well, looking back, you faced a lot of uncertainty. Oh, dude. A lot of a lot of a lot Crazy. of blood pressure. A lot of not sleepless nights. Oh yeah. How you feel now looking down at that trail? Bro, can I show you an email real quick? <laughs> yeah, we're okay. gonna talk, keep talking this yeah. way. I'm gonna show you this email. Yeah. You're like, looking back at it, how is it now? And I'm yeah, like, bro. Like, now that you're at the, now you're up the mountain a long way. It doesn't change. It's still freaking <laughs> scary as all. It just, it's big. It's more commas and more zeros. <laughs> That's what my payroll is on Friday. You can say it out loud. This Friday, nice. just payroll. $95,229. That's this Friday. For a week? For one week. Wow. Payroll, every wow. week. So what's what's awesome, hundred k times fifty two? Yeah. So I had a million dollars, seventy five employees, thirteen crews, eight sales reps, and one of the biggest roofing companies in Arizona. And you're not just giving people a job. No, dude. That that's that's why I love yeah. what I do. It's, it's a different. Yeah, and that's why we have sexy business status because we yeah. want to. I want to help other business owners employ more people and be a good employer. Yeah. Well, people can improve their life by working for you. Exactly. Your whole life can change. Yeah. How many of you guys like? How many? How many friends and family do you know? Like you said before, right. they're miserable. They go in, they literally clock in and yeah. clock out. As long as they clock in at nine it's and clock out job. at five, I get a check. They're killing time. Dude, that's that makes that like gets me depressed just talking about it. Like that's uh, yeah, it's exhausting. It's scary. And I I I can't vouch for my employees, but I would say none of them feel that way. Because I'm I'm like a results guy. If you get your shit done, it's one o'clock. Go to the pool with your kids. Yeah. If it's seven o'clock and you're still not done, go get a monster and fucking keep going. Yeah. Like, that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I, I, I didn't, I didn't I, like, there's no like clock in, clock out bullshit. Well, like, when you my sales clock guys, out? Uh, when I, when I close my eye, when I fall asleep. Exactly. So like 10 to five, <laughs> 10 to four. Right. Yeah. But the, the risk versus the reward, uh, Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals fan, right? Uh, Bruce Arians, head coach, not anymore. Um, his quote is always, um, no risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. And uh, he said he's had the in Kyle Murray and all this other stuff, but that's what it, that's what it came down to is like the risk versus the reward. I would much much rather be responsible. People don't want this accountability call again, right? I would much rather be like I failed my family, I failed us, I effed it up, I we are screwed, and I want I want to decide that, yeah. not somebody that's a, a, a shirt and tie in a freaking sky rise. How's your spirit? Amazing. 
Bro, every time I see you, no matter what, I'm one of the happiest dude. I think that's why we get along so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you know what I mean? You're like, what right? You mean about me? You yeah. know what I mean? I was like, I would never invite you to a funeral, but anywhere else you're invited. <laughs> I was like, I, it's funny, dude. My emotions go <laughs> very sensitive, too, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, a, it's, uh, so that's another thing, like, to touch on because, like, we have, like, our animal instinct, which is there to protect us, which is there to keep us safe, which is, that's that fight or flight. Yeah. And then we have our spirit, which is, Right? Which right. is all possibility. Which is all potential. Well, and dude, so I teach this. Are we in our spirit or are we in our animal? Yeah. Shout out to my boy Dominic. Because my point. wife and I were going through it. Because my animal explodes when my spirit doesn't feel free. Mm. And when I feel confined. And when I feel restricted. Sure. Then my animal comes out. To it protect that. Yeah. So, it's not anything she does. And this was the biggest realization I had. Anything she does... Is all on her. It's how I interpret it. So if my animal feels threatened and I explode on her, that's on me. It's not her fault. Right. Because when I'm dealing with people that I'm not like emotionally attached to, I can be in my spirit all day. It doesn't take anything. I don't feel threatened. I don't feel right. You're not affecting my livelihood. But when your wife says, no, you can't. Hey, we need to reel it back. That animal goes, I cannot be reeled back. Right. Right. Like, no, no. Those are fighting words. Want to feel secure. They want to feel certain. They yeah. need certainty and security, yeah. right? Well, because they're gonna take care of the cubs too, right? Exactly. So those animals couldn't be polar opposite. And when both of those are ignited, that's when it almost ends up in divorce. Yeah, but crazy. your spirit can tell that animal to go sit in the cage. Chill out. Right. I'm gonna handle this. So we, I teach almost every single day on social media. Anybody following me, friends, family, clients, whatever. Become the best version of yourself. Reach your true potential. Yeah. If you work for me, I want you to become the best version of yourself. Reach your true potential. Right? Like, the, and if you if you really push yourself and you want to grow and excel, I will find a place for you here always. Yeah. But I was like, the second you, that's why we have what's called personal, professional, financial goals. Shout out to Brandon Dawson, Natalie Dawson for teaching me this. Freaking geez. Oh, you remember them? This one guy. Yeah. Those guys. Those guys are. Ten X. 10x, dude, next level gangsters. Um, we'll finish with this. 10x. <laughs> 10x. Um, but personal, professional, and financial goals. And they say to write down three. And some of them, uh, there's two ways of doing it. You can do all three within the next 12 months. Or you can do one at year one, one at year three, and one at year five. Uh, a goal that you want to have. Personal goal. Losing weight, you know, getting out of debt, whatever the case may be. Or financial, the financial would be getting out of debt, paying off your house. Going on a Disneyland tr- cruise trip, whatever, whatever the case may be. And uh, so it's personal, professional, financial, it's three of each. And I make every single one of my employees fill that out when they come over for me. And we go over it once a quarter. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I was like, this isn't just about a fucking job. No. It is. Go work at McDonald's. Yeah. They will treat you like shit and they will, you can clock in and clock out there. I don't want that because one of my core values is providing a five-star experience. I cannot provide my clients... And I say, I, I mean, my team, we cannot provide a five-star experience to our clients if you're a nine-to-five check-in, check-out, because you have a one-star mentality. Well, that's good. That was good. Right? That's that's going to be a clip. That's a a real, hey, Dakota, that's a real right there, dog, as you're watching this. We got tons of them. I'm freaking 55 minutes in. Let's see if you watch the whole thing. Right? But the point point being is, that's and that's what I don't like it, people that, like, don't work on themselves. That's why, like, oh, you're against fat people. I'm not against fat people. I just, I just see 
so much potential in you that you either don't see or choose not to see, it bugs the crap out of me because all you have to do is work hard at it and be consistent with it, and you can do that. Okay. It's so wild that we have to be so sensitive Ugh. to holding the people accountable to actually what's good for them. Right. Is being overweight good for you? No. Is it good for your blood pressure? No. Is it good for your blood sugar? Is it good for your heart? Is, is it, it good for your posterity in the next right. five years? Is it good for your self-image? Yeah. Right? You know if you're overweight, you're talking trash to yourself subconsciously all the time. Yeah. Well, and Andy Elliott teaches that. He's like, dude, he's like, when you, he's like, when you take your clothes off and you're naked, you look in the mirror, it's very simple. Like, hell, yeah. like it's in one of three things. Hell yeah, I look great and keep it up. Yeah. It's, I'm making pro, I, I have started, I'm making progress or, oh shit, it is what it is. I hear it all the time. It is what it is. Or like, love your body, love yourself. I'm like, dude, shut up. I yes, was like, love yourself. And but, love yourself enough to be honest with yourself. Yes, and love yourself to like, Tough to love. love and to love your kids enough to where you're not dead at 55 from diabetes. What are the risks? You can get another 10, 15 years with your family. Just Google it. What are the risks of being obese? Oh, dude. Just, crazy. And, then, and then say, ask yourself, are you cool with it? Yeah. Don't ask me. Well, and that's and that's where like it, people that work with me, I'm like, the state you're at right now from before you met me, got it. Cool. Mm-hmm. We, are, we start work today. There's nothing to do about roofing. Yeah. Nothing. I was like, you are going to be become the best version of yourself, reach your true potential while working for me, or you will not work for me. I don't care how good you are at your job. You're going to have to quit because it's going to be confronting. You're well, have yeah, to there's always buttons with yourself. Always. And that's another thing. The quality of your life is directly related to the quality of questions you're asking yourself. Right. Right? So another thing, it's like I'm always excited for the unknown. Instead of afraid. Totally. Right? What is going to happen after this? Who, who's going to call later tonight? Who am I going to meet at the park? There's so many times where I've tried to talk myself out of going somewhere because it was easier. And then you go somewhere and then you meet the person that you were supposed to meet by going there. Right. How, I didn't know. It was like clockwork, too. He was, I was going to run into him. I couldn't see it. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Because I was attached to my bullshit. I almost talked myself out of going. Yep, that's how it works. All right, boys and girls, I got my boy Ryan Ingram here. Um, shameless plug, you didn't ask me sure. to do this, but anything DJ related from, I mean, tell them how, how small you'll do and how big you'll do. Uh, really entertainment related, so like related. So for 25 years, I've been a professional MC, DJ, dancer, choreographer. So all of those veins feed into like our experience. Do you want to MC the our event on the nineteenth, by the way? Yeah. Oh, I meant to tell you, you guys yeah. are totally under underutilizing me. I'm yes. doing a service job for you guys because we're boys. But sure. most people, when they find me, out, they're not finding me to run the sound. Oh, the, oh, the ha- I'm the party wizard. At you can do. Program. Yeah, you, you're more welcome to run that because yeah. we shit the bed with that. <laughs> yeah, and and I have to do it. So, dude, like yeah. after those events, I dude, I hit the ground at like eight o'clock. I yeah. literally passed out. I was it, I was so done. As you should, and I know because there was a time with our dance company when we were on America's Best Dance Crew and all of that stuff, and then we were producing events. I'm all of it. I'm choreographing. I'm performing. I'm running the lights. I'm every part of it, and you got to perform. So some of those days, I'm only sleeping thirty minutes. Yeah. I'm only. I got a thirty minute cat now between yesterday and today. Before so the show can go on. It's nuts. But, and so that's the thing. It's like, but it's not work when you're loving it, when you're excited, oh. when you're passionate about it. I wasn't complaining about it. I just, I just I, said, I, I, I like. That's two people. Right. right? Like, like, 
Yeah, I we, loved it. BJ, I only work 8 to 10, 12 days a month right now, but some of those days I'll work 20 hours. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be full on the whole time holding the energy of the room for 8,000 people. That's a different That's thing. Crazy. Right? That's a different thing. And there were times where, I mean, dude, I was teaching classes, working, you know, doing whatever I could to yeah. find my find my lane. So who's your golden client before we wrap up here? Um, well. If I brought so-and-so in front of you and said, hey, Ryan, let's do this, you'd be like, oh, yeah, let's go. I mean, someone who produces a lot of events who with that same kind of intention. I mean, uh, for example, ITM Trading. It's gold and silver. My buddy owns that company. They smash it. He does the same kind of thing. Everyone that works for him has a coach. Mm. Right? So that kind of culture. So what do they do at their holiday party? They bring in a party wizard. And, and everybody has the dopest night of their life, even to this day, talking about Christmas party last year. Well, so people that want to put the community into their company and have that kind of experience where they love coming to the parties, they love coming to the events. So, I mean, we could promote event to event to event, just like we're doing with you guys. Right, so, right. Like, yeah. I mean, a guy like Jason Bonpain, JVP, is my ideal client. Let's go. Yeah. Cool. All right, Ryan, appreciate it, dog. Thanks for hopping on. Like I said, very, very little of the DJ space about being a dad, being a good human, being intentional with your time and with your relationships, and giving back. Okay, think about it. I'm a DJ. I do parties with Democrats. I do parties with Republicans. I'm so I do sorry. parties with <laughs> Jewish people. I do parties with kids in the I do whatever. Anniversary. No one cares at that time what we're doing. Yeah. Right? They, the music transcends all of it. That's why I do it. So you get you. How many people? How many times in your life do people show up at a wedding? How how often are you going to see all of those people again in one place at one time? Never. So we have an opportunity here, don't we? Right. There's an opportunity. Well, just here. like just like a conference in January. Yeah. Like I've heard from dudes, eight nine figure earners, that they said like this has been one of the craziest events. I've never seen so many big time speakers. Yeah. At this event in my life, all at one all at one time together. I'm still vibing off of that. I got and it's May. Being so fired up at you know I, everyone I called after that event, they're like, "Don't ask Ryan how he's doing because he'll light your ass up." Right? Don't ask Ryan how he's doing because he's gonna fire he's, he's, you. He's gonna bring it hot. Yeah, it was like, the, 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 don't ask him right now unless you're ready to get going. So That's thank you. Well, that event, bro. I mean, it wasn't all in vain. It, it, no. it, was, it was a you know a pullback. And you can never take it back. And there was so much great goodness that is still, there was a, a, a splash that happened, and those waves are still. It's like a ripple, ripple effect. Yeah. Butterfly effect is still very, very small from that. And I, you'll see, like 20 years later, yeah. we'll be saying, hey, MenaceCon. Because that event, X or Y or Z, happened. what's happening 20 years later. Because I've been doing this 25 years. Yeah. Am I quitting? No. Can you see a slot? Am I retired? No. No. Just yeah. getting better. Yeah. And now my kids are older, so I don't, I'm not focusing on the subconscious anymore. I did that. Right, so right. as they get older, I'm hammering more and more down on our business. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, cool. Share this with a friend, family, member, anybody, neighbor, homeless person, whatever it is. If you got value, you sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. There you go. Appreciate you guys. Adios.